Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. A lot of local politicians in the Bay Area have made it a point to say that their cities are sanctuaries, places that welcome immigrants or people seeking asylum or people who are undocumented. But once families get here, they face a lot of challenges. I mean, it's really hard to navigate a new city and a new country, especially for kids who need to find a new school. The Oakland Unified School District could see its highest enrollment of so-called newcomer students ever this year. School officials want to help, but the district can't provide all the help the students need. No hay espacio. Este es el, el problema que tenemos. Today, the challenge of helping newcomer immigrant students in Oakland. I'm Devin Katayama. Welcome to the Bay. Oakland Unified has one of the highest numbers of newcomer students in the state. Vanessa Rancano covers education for KQED. Oakland has always been a hub for immigrants, but starting in 2013, 2014, when there was that big wave of unaccompanied minors coming into the country, you really saw an influx um, here in Oakland, in the schools. And since then, numbers have, have gone up and stayed high. And this year, it looks very possible that Oakland is going to see the highest newcomer enrollment that it's seen since 2013-2014. To give you a sense of the numbers Vanessa's talking about, roughly one in six high school students in Oakland Unified is a newcomer student. By the end of next year, the district thinks that could be one in five. Some came with their families, some came alone and are unaccompanied minors, some are refugees or asylum seekers. Most of the newcomer students are from Central America, and almost half are from Guatemala. I'm surprised that there's been a spike in enrollment of newcomers when you think about both the cost of living in the Bay Area, but then some of the federal policies under President Trump. So does the district know why there's a spike in newcomer students? They say that they really do not know, right? And they try to parse the federal data and see what's happening at the border. And even based on that, they say they cannot predict what they're going to see in Nate's office. We have 
families coming in and out all day. So there's always somebody here. When newly arrived immigrant families with kids come to Oakland and want to enroll their kids in school, they go to this office near the lake where they meet with a guy named Nate Dunstan, whose job it is to enroll these kids, to get them in the best possible placement where they're going to have the most support to meet their needs. One of the days that I was in this office, Manuela Jimenez showed up with her daughter, Andy, who's 14. And the two of them had been in Oakland a little over a month. They'd been traveling from their hometown, Huehuetenango, Guatemala, to the U.S. on buses. And the way they talked about it, it was a pretty grueling experience. So Nate figures out what grade the student should be in and what neighborhood they live in. With Andy and Manuela, he presented them with a map. La Escuela Roosevelt es muy buena escuela. Donde va Andrea? Hay buen programa para recién llegados. It has all the district schools on it, and the schools that offer newcomer programs were circled. I mean, it looked like somebody had taken a ballpoint pen and shown hundreds of families these maps, right? right? Because they were just scribbled all over. So Manuela and Andy are shown this map with all these schools. From here, how does the district help families get into a school? What does Nate Dunstan do? He showed them the school in their neighborhood and then explained that it was full. Um, la única escuela que tiene espacio está más por Centro Oakland, se llama Westlake. He then showed them the next best option, which was the newcomer program at Westlake, which at that point still had a spot. But generally speaking, the newcomer programs across the district are at capacity. Right. So on a case by case basis, a spot might open up here or there. Nate does all of this calling for each student to figure out if that's the case. Um, but by and large, the slots are full. So the best thing Nate could offer Andy and Manuela was a spot in a newcomer program across town. And, I mean, in a way, she was lucky because it was a newcomer spot. Right. As I said, at this point, all those spots are full. But still, you could see the the disappointment and sort of confusion on their faces. It seemed like a really big ask to send this 14-year-old girl across town on two buses with no knowledge of the city and no ability to speak the language. Vanessa says there are around a dozen newcomer programs across the district's middle and high schools. And because spots are so scarce, some students may get placed in schools with limited or no language support at all. When Vanessa asked the district last week, 26 non-English speaking students had already been placed in non-newcomer classes. And even when there is a newcomer opening, like for Manuela and Andy, 
there's no guarantee it'll be a good fit. That's the situation Manuela was in. And it was a really hard choice to make. So they seemed really disappointed. Quiero dar la opción. Déjeme ir a chequear si... Okay. I ran to catch up with them as they were leaving and asked them what they were going to do. They basically said, you know, we don't, we don't know. Nos para, por lo visto no se va a poder porque que la mande yo sola en un bus hasta el centro de Oakland no es una opción porque está muy lejos. <laughs> Nate and his colleague had tried to impress upon them that school's not optional in this country. Like, they are obligated to send Andy to school. But even so, when I caught up with them afterwards to see what they were thinking, you know, they just said, I don't know. And as of last week, Andy had not shown up at school. Was the district prepared to help so many newcomer students? They thought they were really well prepared, right? I mean, there's been a concerted effort to support this population for years now. And one of the things that they've learned is that the numbers are incredibly unpredictable, Mm -hmm. right? And so they tried to guard against that. They created more spots than they needed at the beginning of the school year, and they thought they had it covered. And then they all filled up pretty quickly. What makes these newcomer programs so special? Like, how much help do newcomer students need? So in some cases, they're not literate in any language. Like, to get them from zero to a high school degree takes a huge amount of specialized investment. So ideally, in these newcomer programs, the students have teachers and administrators who are specially trained to work with them. These kids are learning English while they're learning math or science or whatever else. And then there are the issues of cultural sensitivity and of trauma, right? I mean, a lot of these families, a lot of these unaccompanied minors have endured a lot both in their home countries and on the trip to this country. If they're not in school, then they're just going to be taken advantage of as day laborers forever, making little money doing hard work. And they're also trying to help the students in a lot of ways beyond education. They're offering legal resources and mental health support, sometimes housing referrals, um, all kinds of social services above and beyond education. We're trying to recreate parents. Um, with like peanuts basically. And so you asked what is the main message? Like that's the message where as the school district were sort of the front door for these kids as they're entering the US, they're coming to us first. It's like the school district could be could very well be the, the biggest support they have when they come to the US to connecting them to the society in which they now live. Yeah, and the pressures are immense. I mean for a sixteen year old who doesn't speak any English, maybe only speaks some Spanish, to navigate the housing situation in the Bay, right? Like if they don't, if they don't have a stable place to live, they may be dealing with homelessness. Um, they're having to find work without any legal status, right? Without a work permit. And they have to pay an, uh, an immigration attorney. They have to pay rent. They have to buy their own food. 
And there's people at home asking them to send money because they're poor. These days, because space is so tight, every time a family comes to Nate's office, he he's scrounging, calling around, trying to find the best possible spot that he can find. Um, and often everybody winds up disappointed. I imagine that not knowing when students are coming to Oakland, needing a school, makes it really tough to plan. Yeah. Because schools are funded based on enrollment at the beginning of the year, it makes it really hard to plan for students who arrive in the middle of the year. And that's a policy issue that's much bigger than OUSD. And so what we see here is a district that has invested a lot of time and money and energy into trying to serve these students right. And even so, they keep running into this issue again and again. The district is trying to hire at least three more teachers this school year to help its newcomer students. But if enrollment continues to climb, that won't be enough. As for Manuela and her 14-year-old daughter, Andy, it's hard for Oakland Unified to keep tabs on students who haven't shown up to class. So families who decide not to send their kids to school could fall through the cracks. Thanks to Vanessa Rancano, education reporter for KQED. This episode was produced by Marisol Medina Cadena and Alan Montesilio. KQED's leadership team includes Julie Kane, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for the Bay. We'll talk to you Friday. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.